0: It's the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. Hello and welcome to Five at the Back, your soccer podcast with a focus on the Premier League. We're coming back at you live with myself, Christian, Kyle, and Jen for another week of Premier League and Champions League action. And we're going to start it off with our uh, Premier League reviews. We have Chelsea 3, Norwich 1, which makes Kyle very happy. Kyle, what did you think of the match?
1: Um, I thought Norwich was the perfect candidate to play for Chelsea after another uh, tumultuous week outside of the realm of actual football being played, Uh, especially with the news that broke today regarding uh, the UK sanctions of Roman Abramovich. It was nice to see the team. They pretty much dominated the first half. They let Norwich back in the second half, which was annoying, Um, but we got a 3-1 win, three more points. So when we inevitably get hit with a nine-point deduction for going into administration, we'll still have a nice little uh, cushion.
2: Wait, is that something that could really happen?
1: Uh, it's it's a possibility. I don't know if it'll get to that point because there are plenty of people that are trying to bid for Chelsea. But given the fact that the government's going to be running the sale if Abramovich doesn't fight it in the courts, I don't know what's going to happen. So. But yeah, nice little three-one win, three points. We move on.
2: All right. So, uh, so we had a friend of the podcast, Scott's team, <laughs> uh, beat Everton 5 0 which I'm sure uh, you're all happy about.
1: That was. So I was texting Charles uh, when that game was going on, right? And we he was like, we were just lamenting at just how terrible. Everton looks. And Everton's one of those teams that has like one or two games a season where they just look like they don't belong. They just get run off the pitch. And Chelsea's been the benefit benefactor of two of those matches within the past 3 or 4 years. And it's always crazy to me. Yeah, you know, they just they just from the kick to the 90th minute they just look like they didn't belong. I mean, Spurs it it looked like a training ground match for Spurs.
2: I think it's really interesting that nobody at the beginning of the season would have even suggested Everton being at the, the bottom three, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of shocking, and I know they've they've had a horrible run of luck with injuries and COVID. But I mean, almost I think every team in the Prem could make the argument for that at this point. I think I don't think there's been one team in the Prem that's gone unscathed from injuries or COVID, and they are just. Right, I think
0: I think the closest would be City, but you're right, nobody really.
2: So, so Everton a one point above uh, the relegation zone. Although Burnley, both yeah. Leeds and Brentford they have three games on hand on both of those two teams, but Burnley have two games in hand. So it's um, I think it's a, a bit of a dogfight really between Leeds, Everton, and Burnley. Which teams join Watford and Norwich, right? Yeah. Now that Who Newcastle all? are beaten in nine.
3: Well, one of the things that's interesting is Burnley. One of their games in hand is against Everton.
2: Oh, really? Do you know when that's going to be played?
3: No, it just says to be confirmed. So it's it's one of those ones that's still kind of an outlier, not to be rescheduled yet. So.
2: I could confirm which team is uh, is going down. So, of dun, course, dun. there was also the Manchester derby on Sunday, which uh, which was not great. And, of course, Liverpool beat West Ham 1-0. How did that game go for you guys?
3: Bit of a nail-biter.
1: <laughs> yeah, Why did was... we, we just jump right over the Manchester <laughs> derby? <dark? laughs> I guess we're going to circle back to that after the Liverpool talk.
2: Yeah, sure. we will. We will. <laughs> So how was it? Just a nail-biter, that's it.
0: Um, no, it, it was, Jen, you want to? No, go ahead. No, it was really tough. And, you know, hats off to Moises, really got them organized, really playing well, especially against us. They were one of the only two teams to beat us, um, non-Champions League in the Prem um, this year, over at their place in the reverse fixture. They gave us hell uh, all game long. And there was two instances where we had to clear a ball off the line that almost went in and, Allison kind of misplayed it went out off his line way too much and had to scramble back and and uh, the Trent Alexander-Arnold twice had to clear it off the line and and of course we were uh, we haven't been as sharp recently we're going out in the Champions League uh, review but of uh, this week's match but we haven't been quite as sharp offensively we had money with a nice goal but other than that we couldn't get anything going and with a team as quality as like West Ham especially you know uh, with a better manager boys than they had the last couple of years they had chance after chance, 60, 70, 80. They were still hitting us with chances. And we were we were very lucky to win. I was expecting the other shoe to drop and them to to score a goal in like the 85th. And we'd end up with a draw when we were hoping for a win. But we were very lucky, very fortunate to come out with the one nil and the three points. So, Jen, what do you think? I,
3: You know, when you look at the possession stats, you know, we had the ball almost 70% of the time. Um, we had, you know, our... XG was just over two. There was, theirs was 1.3 um, with 22 shots compared to their 13. Uh, and so I, I think when you look at the stats, when you take the emotion out of it, um, I, you know, I, I think we were the better team, um, you know, but like you said, their quality side and we had to, you know, had to, to take the game seriously, but uh, you know, I, one of the things that I know you guys have said on more than one occasion is that you've got to kind of grind out some of those wins. Like, not everything's going to be, you know, a humongous, like, shellacking of the, the opposition. Sometimes you just need to win those one nothing or 2-1 games. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think it, it was one of those games where um, – We maybe didn't capitalize on shots that were there. And we literally saw a repeat of that in the Champions League where you hit the woodwork a couple of different times in spectacular fashion. And so you kind of get stuck in the dreams of what could have been. But um, when it comes down to it, it was a win. And it was three points. So it can be ugly. We got it. That's fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're hey. in the business end of the season, so right. you take the points where you can get them right. by hook or by crook, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy, it just has to be points, so
2: Yeah, 100% So, circling back to our game <laughs> Right, so so I think I've said this a few times already on the podcast, that for me, this game is is not like the rivalries that, I, that we have with Liverpool and and leads because half of my family are city fans my nephew trains at the etihad my niece works at the etihad so um so i want them to to have fun and, and enjoy it and this united team is quite possibly one of the worst i've seen in 20 years so you know as my cousins were texting me on sunday let's just hope we can take a point of liverpool because you know out of the two, we will prefer City winning the league rather than Liverpool every season. So,
1: 100%. Notice,
2: we were beat by a much, <laughs> much, much better team. And we yeah. will, when we play against Liverpool, we'll get beaten by a much, much better team too. So, and when we go on to the Champions League reviews, the class of all of those teams that were playing of this week, apart from Sporting, Show just how far United are behind
1: everybody else. Yeah, I mean, it's you never know what you you never know what you're going to get when it's a derby match, right? Because it's an emotional match, but it was just you could see the gulf between the two Manchester right. clubs right now, and that's not to say it's going to stay like that because I think eventually United's going to get it figured out. When that's going to be, I don't know, right. uh, but. I think the the first step is going to be this summer, which is bringing in a manager. I don't think Ragnick's going to keep his position as a manager. I think he'll just stick with his consultancy role. And yeah. that'll probably be what's best for him and the club because he was brought in as you know the caretaker manager. You don't want your caretaker manager to become your full-time manager when he's not. You know, he's still it's still the same group of players. He's clearly a better director of football than he is a manager right now. And if right. you can bring in someone like Ten Hag, which is who you guys have been rumored for for a long time, I think you take him and his youth and his ability to build a team at Ajax over Ragnick right now. So All right. that'll be the first step. And I think you guys will eventually get back to where you were. I don't think you'll – Of course we will. I th-
2: of
1: course yeah, we will. I mean, you, know? you guys are united. So. Right, the problem is when it's when it's
2: you know Liverpool and City who are competing for the the titles, right, and for team mm-hmm. competing for Champions yeah. Leagues. I mean, even this really bad Arsenal team, you know, are probably probably going to end up fourth. And I think that's an indictment on the rest of the league rather than how good Arsenal are because they're not that shockingly bad.
1: Also, uh, everyone's everyone's falling over themselves to get out of the top four. <laughs> it's shocking.
2: And if Arsenal win their two games in hand on you guys, then they're, what, 54 I, I points? Was, I was
1: just looking at it. So they've they've played 25 games. We've played 27. So they have two in hand on us, like you said. And if they win their three games to get to 28 and we win our next game to get to 28, I think they will be one, maybe two points behind us. So it's crazy to see how the league and the table has shaken out given how Arsenal started, how Chelsea started and where the two teams are now. And I mean, Chelsea's won four on the bounce, you know, they've right. won four straight league games and when it's all said and done, there's potential to only be a point or two ahead of this Arsenal team. And I mean, wow. I think it was either last year, or the year before the same thing happened. Teams were tripping all over themselves to get out of the top four spot. And it was just, it's, it's mass capitulation it's it's crazy to see (laughs)
3: that whole run away run away yes that
1: whole i don't want it you take it no i don't hot potato yeah yeah it's 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 amazing to see
2: it is and so another comment that my that my family was saying on sunday is that they they were all nervous about the game right because they have to keep winning i don't think they they think that they can't afford to lose one more game. I mean, they have 10 games left. They need to win all 10 to win the league,
1: right? The way that Liverpool play. The way, yeah, the way the, way mean, playing, the, way, yeah, the, way the league. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's how it's been the past three years, right? I mean, there was the one year that Liverpool finished a point off of City. Yeah. And then, you know. Eighteen nineteen. I think, yep. I think yeah. Liverpool, was it the COVID year that Liverpool kind of walked away with the league a little bit? Yes. And yep, then right. last year city did the same and now it's back to um, right. being really tight. So it's like on a bell curve where it was really tight at the peak, both teams walk the league and now it's back on the downslope, and it's really tight again. So you have to go into each weekend and just, you, I, I can't imagine playing under the pressure, knowing that if you drop a point, you know, all of a sudden you're letting Liverpool back in Right, and L- Liverpool are the Kings of snatching Victory from the jaws of drawing slash defeat. I hate it. I hate yeah. it so much. You know. We also it, have to.
0: We? we also have to play at the Etihad too, where we have a game in hand. So that'll factor in as well.
2: It will. You know, and it's. Sick. I mean, in the Premier League, we've got the the probably outside of Bayern, right? The top three teams in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, going for those that one place. So it's. uh Yeah, it's it's testament I mean, to the strength of the top three teams in the league right? Compared to everybody else, but.
1: Yeah, but I mean, even, but even again with Chelsea, you know, Chelsea's that top three team, but like we said, Arsenal wins all three games in and all of a sudden the gap is not, it's non-existent. So I think there, if you're going to break it down, it's Liverpool, Liverpool and City 1A, 1B, and then the tier lower is Chelsea, only be, by virtue of being there to begin with. And then, Maybe you can put a couple other teams in there right now, but I think Chelsea rightfully is going to focus. I mean, they're going to keep and try and keep their pace in the league, but they're putting their chips in the Champions League basket because, and the FA Cup. But, you know, until we get a draw with a champion or a Premier League side, I think we're going to still do a mixture of youth and senior players for the FA Cup. But. You fit as you should. It's going to be a fun end of the season. hopefully all right
2: so let's segue now Mm. to the the champions league reviews so uh liverpool managed to get sanchez sent off and to cheat their way into the next round Mm. sanchez
3: managed to avoid getting sent off the first yellow card and then earned himself a second which sent him off so yeah
2: i didn't i didn't watch it so uh, how did the game go
3: i entered I mean, what, they were, they won Syria last year, right? Um, they're, are they sitting in second right now? I think. Are they currently? Yeah. yeah so they're, they're sitting in they're second. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're good and they've got, they've got quality. Um, one of the things I've heard people talk about is that with the, the home and homes, you almost can conceive the first game, like the first half and the second game, like the second half of a game in um, when you look at the, the two games combined, um, we deserve to win overall. Um, I think we were probably a little lucky to walk out of the first match up to nothing. Um, but I think if you, if you take the whole 180 minutes, like we were overall the best side. Eric, what about you think? What do you think?
0: Well, like I said, as I told you during the, I didn't get to see the match because uh, of work uh, obligations. But as the more I, you know, listen to podcasts breaking it down and and our Reds chat breaking it down and, and videos and, you know, the old Mad Eric would be fuming about the result. And <laughs> but you know what, having yeah, having hit the woodwork a couple times and and hey, fair play to Inter Milan. They put the clamps on Mo. Their pressing was outstanding every time Salah got the you know ball in the box. He could barely breathe. He had two men on him, which is the way to do it. You know, so fair play to them. They played them really well. Got that goal at the 60th, something like that, and just held on. And that's kind of the way to, you know, one of the ways they could beat us, and they, and they did. But uh, I think they'll get it sorted. Hopefully, we have too much talent not to, and we're going to see who the draw is in the in the next round. So, I'm not too mad.
3: So, I do have a question about the the next set of like when they draw next Friday or whatever. So they there were you. For the round of 16, you couldn't get somebody from your group, right? And you couldn't get somebody from your domestic league, right? Is that the same case? Like, well, I I mean, like, are you, are there still the restrictions on not getting somebody from your domestic league? It's
2: an open
1: draw now.
3: Okay. Ooh, that'll be interesting.
1: Uh, I, I will say one I didn't watch the game either, but I did see the the goal and it was a hell of a goal. Uh, it was, it was. A very, very well taken shot by uh, Martinez, but I thought this, this particular game showed the good side of not having the away goals rule because both teams scored away, you know, mm-hmm. and Liverpool couldn't sit back, you know, they had to yeah you know, they mm-hmm. you can't just you can't drop back into a 10 man shell because there's you can't rely on the the multiplier right. with the away goals and it's just i'm sure there'll be some bad examples where we wish we had the away goals rule but mm-hmm. i think it was a good example of why taking away the away goals rule can have a positive impact
2: on tuesday yeah, I- when united and Athletico draw zero zero after 90 minutes will be the first example of the away goals we will be about.
1: Yeah. Well
2: <laughs> I
1: mean <laughs> probably. Okay.
3: So uh, I I did watch the game. Um, don't tell my principal. Um <laughs> but um yeah, no, it was uh it it was a good game, it was nervy. Um you know, but like, it's one of those things where we've just had a couple of, we've had a couple games where things haven't broken our way as far as shots. Um, and, and so hopefully sooner rather than later we return to the mean and those, those shots wind up going in instead of, you know, being fractions of an inch, you know, in the wrong direction, either a little or a little to the left or right. So, um, how old is Vidal? Because that man feels like he's been playing soccer for like a million years now.
1: Uh, you're talking about the Chilean midfielder with the cool Mohawk?
3: Yeah, I will go he's with
1: cool, his, sure. He's in his 30s.
2: <laughs>
3: God, bless him.
2: Good play still, though, right? Yeah, I mean yeah he I still mean, does a job.
1: He does. I think his personality is perfect for Italy. He's very fiery, and the Italians love themselves a fiery player.
3: All right. It's a match made in heaven.
2: So the other two games this week that we'll look at, so City tied with Sporting 0-0, which who cares? So so the other game, Madrid and PSG. (laughs)
1: Oh, I think I think if the PSG owner has any say in UEFA, he's never ever 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 gonna play another Champions League game in the country of Spain ever right. again, because he his team has been the victim of the two two biggest Champions League collapses. I mean, to have a two one aggregate or two nothing aggregate lead going into an away leg and to lose three two or whatever, or one nothing and lose 3-2 is just, the only thing Frantic. worse is what happened to them against Barcelona, which was fantastic for a neutral viewer. So,
2: so, so Real Madrid were not at all in the game until Donald rumor decided to walk the ball around the box in his area, right, so he can get tackled.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. Madrid were just trying and trying, they just couldn't get it, and Mbappe and was having goal off the goal disallowed. And uh, and suddenly PSG, what PSG do best, and bottle a, a tie and get knocked out.
3: So, if we were going to go with teams at, like the at the European level, having like the UEFA level, having a reputation for being bottlers, does PSG? I mean, is that you know kind of their? Their hill that they've planted their flag on, or are there other teams that you think would
1: challenge them for that? Are we talking crown? strictly Champions League? Yeah, let's go
2: Champions League, or else it's Tottenham every single time, yeah.
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> so, if we're talking strictly Champions League, I think it's got to be PSG one, Man City two. And okay. I think it's PSG one by good ways. Man City have been trying and trying and trying to win the Champions League, and they've had the same results as PSG, almost mirror each other, actually, if you think about it. They couldn't mm. get past, like, the quarterfinal round. Then they get to the final only to lose one nothing. you know, same as PSG when they lost to Bayern uh, the year that Tuchel ended up getting fired from PSG. So, but, yeah, I think if you're making the case for biggest bottle job in European football the past decade, it's definitely PSG.
0: Speaking of getting fired, do you think Pochettino gets the sack?
1: Oh, if he doesn't, uh I'll be shocked. I don't know when it'll happen, but
3: mm. so neither team won the Champions League. They've both been runners up.
1: PSG yeah. and Mince, yeah, neither team have won the Champions League. Yeah.
3: Right, good times.
1: And I mean they fired Tuchel for being in third at the at the end of December last year. And he got he moved to Chelsea. And part of it was losing Champions League to Bayern and he comes to Chelsea and wins Champions League. They got rid of Thiago Silva because they wanted to go younger to try and win the Champions League. You know, all PSG's owner group wants is a damn Champions League and they can't seem to figure out a way to get it, which is fantastic.
3: One of the things that I've heard kind of bandied about is that now that the World Cup in Qatar, that like the investment in PSG and into soccer like it's culminating kind of um focus was the world cup um you know next year and that after that there may be a kind of waning interest in this particular undertaking i mean do you guys think that can be the case or is that just wishful thinking in the kind of situation we find ourselves with sports washing and stuff like that
2: i'm gonna say wishful thinking especially with the uh, new newcastle owners also mm-hmm. you know throwing their money into the premier league so i think we're, we're gonna have over the next 10 years a three-way a three-way fight between city chelsea and newcastle for the title and uh everybody else just playing for fourth place
1: uh, and I, I think, if anything, PSG's owner group is just going to dig in deeper. I think yeah. one of the one of the sports writers that I follow, I think Liam Twelmy, he tweeted out today, like the investment that the ownership group has made in PSG since they bought the club is massive. They're building a, a brand new uh, world class training facility in Paris. Um, the deals that they have with Jordan Jordan Brand and you know they're they're all in. So I don't think their ownership okay. will wane. Right. I think if anything, it's just going to ramp up. But they they have to change the way they do business. You know they it's they it's a team in Paris, so they think stars, stars, stars. And you know they have they have them. They have Mbappe. They have Messi. They have Neymar. They have Donnarumma. They have Ramos, who hasn't played. You know, but they've built a team like Christian and I would if we were given an unlimited budget on <clears throat> the ultimate team. You know, and it just hasn't worked. And you know. Messi looks miserable. Neymar is Neymar. Mbappe looks like he's halfway to re- Madrid by now. So it's <laughs> going to be interesting to see. They, they're they going to have to f- revamp the way they build teams, and they got to get a real manager in there, man. Pochettino is not it. He's not. He's not. He wasn't it at Spurs. No. Nope. He's not going to be it. He. I mean, he doesn't fit the bill of what you think a manager at PSG is. I mean – under him they lost the league to Lille. Like they should be walking League every year. And yet he gets there and they lose. Well so but I, they had
3: they had the the I mean like wouldn't you say that they had the manager with Tuchel?
1: Yeah, but they viewed themselves as as a club that not winning the Champions League and not having a great run in the league to start is enough to be fired when in actuality they don't have the record to back that up. You know, it'd be different if they had yeah. a couple of Champions Leagues in their trophy case. Yeah. You know, say, look, we're used to winning the Champions League. If you can't get us there and get us over the hump, we're moving on from you. If Madrid did that, that would make sense. You know, they have 10 of those things. If United does it, it makes sense. You know, even to a certain extent of Chelsea, you know, we have 2. I mean, that's not as many as the others, but you know, we're perennial champions league contenders you know and psg um, are on paper but they don't have the trophy to back it up and they're going to keep yeah. spinning their wheels until they get one uh, i wouldn't be surprised if they do fire poach if zidane doesn't get a a whirl at the in the french capital and see how that goes
2: huh. he was born he was born to lead psg to yeah
1: him. i mean c- could you imagine could you imagine the uproar in paris if the ownership group moves to fire Zidane. I mean right. the national he- one of the national heroes from the those glory, glorious French national teams. They're, I mean the French riot if you know the work day has to start <laughs> 30 minutes early. So I can only imagine what it'll be like with that. But to answer your question, no PSG are not gonna fall off.
0: Hmm.
2: All right. So talking about uh oil money and and corruption. So, what do we
1: think about
2: uh, Abramovich and, and Chelsea, Kyle?
1: So, so, what,
2: so what's the uh, the bottom line here with your team?
1: Right. So, the latest, I think I alluded to it earlier, but the latest is he has officially been personally sanctioned by uh, the UK, the government. So, they have seized his personal assets, and he is a hundred percent owner of Chelsea. So, that means Chelsea for now. Is a government-owned club, um, so and
3: I, basically I
1: said, everything I, I, is at a standstill. Go ahead, Jen.
3: No, I was just going to say, why did it take two weeks? I mean, like, didn't they make? Didn't they announce that they well, were going to people like, like at least almost a week and a half ago? I mean, they gave him two weeks to get stuff moved offshore and well, organized
1: um okay. number 10 is occupied by resident of uh, boris johnson and okay. the parliament is filled with um russian money-backed uh representatives so they were basically <laughs> they basically gave roman a slip slide to try and get out until it became untenable and okay essentially the long story short is they gave him a chance The a sale was never going to happen. You can't, there's no way you can get a sale of that magnitude done in two weeks. And uh-huh. I think at this point, the best move is if Roman is true to his word, where he wasn't going to take any sort of windfall from the sale of Chelsea. It's probably best that the government has done this now, get the sale through to whoever is going to buy it. Um, mm-hmm. The rumors are that it hasn't deterred any of the bidders. If anything, it'll probably ramp it up a little bit because I imagine dealing with the government is going to be slightly easier than trying to pry it from Roman. But for now, um, okay. Chelsea is government-owned club. All our sponsors are either pausing their deals or terminating them. Uh, Chelsea can't sell merchandise from the megastore. Uh, the club's hotel can't take any further bookings right now. Um, They're not selling tickets. You know, only season ticket holders are going to be able to go to games for this foreseeable future. So it's going to get worse for Chelsea before it gets better. And the quicker a sale goes through, the better it'll be for the club. You know, at this point, I don't really Mm -hmm. give a shit what happens to Roman. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I think the plight of the Ukrainian people mattered more to me than what my club's former owner is going to feel. Cause at the end of the day, he's still going to be a billionaire. You know, he's just not going to be a billionaire with a football team anymore, but it's going to get one worse. The good for the ones, club. Kyle. It's going to be worse for the club before it gets better. And, you know, we have to take our lumps. It's you live by the sword, you die by the sword, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone can say that they knew for a hundred percent certain what, how Roman got his money, but you know, everyone knew how Roman got his money. You know, everyone knew that he was one of Putin's buddies, and he was one of the benefactors of Russia's fall into uh, autocracy, so it's over now for him in the UK, it seems, unless he fights it, which I don't know if he will. I hope he doesn't just for the club's sake, but for now, uh, Chelsea are wards of the state. We live on a council estate, so...
2: And that is how we all knew how it was going to end up.
1: <laughs> there was only one ending to the story, right? Yeah. You guys, I, like,
3: I just came
2: came back to where you once started.
1: <laughs> Everything old is new again, Christian. Yeah, thing. exactly, old exactly. <laughs> Go on, Jen. No,
3: I was just like, I mean, this isn't the first time where a situation has required somebody's assets to be frozen. Right. I mean, the thing that makes Chelsea different is it's not like a warehouse somewhere or some kind of business venture or ships to be impounded. I mean, it's, it is, it is an institution, you know what I mean? In London and and in soccer. Well, no, I mean, like it is, it is indelibly part of the, the fabric of the premier league over, you know what I mean? The, the last, what, 30 years or so. I mean, they may not have always been like top of the the dog pile, but they've been, I mean, they've, they've been a premier league side of note.
1: I I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's, it's different when you're seizing X, Y, Z shipping company and, you know, trucks aren't moving and people are out of a job, you know, it's, it's a, it's a sports team. So you see the impact in real time, you know, you see the sponsors pulling out. Apparently there have been partial layoffs already because Chelsea is being, you know, it's, they're being squeezed. It's, they're an asset, they're frozen. So it's, it sucks well, I, for the people yeah. that work for Chelsea. You know, there are people yeah. that have been there 30, 40, 50 years, you know, they, they live and breathe Chelsea. They lived in that area. They've worked for the club and they're the ones that are going to suffer the most. And that's the part that's really hard and that's the part that gets me mad when you see fans chanting roman's name like they did again today you know you i get it you know he was our owner he we won everything under him i get it but chanting his name is not going to bring him back you know it's not a magic spell that's going to unwind everything that's happened and it's time for those fans to get a grip and move on and focus the where it needs to be, which is on the team and the players and the club itself. And I don't know. My only hope is whatever sale happens happens efficiently and we can eventually get back to some sort of status quo. Well, so
2: so all of you Chelsea fans who disagree with Kyle, you can email them at Kyle Jones <laughs> at and name your abuse.
1: That's right. That's <laughs> K-Y-L-E. right. That's K Y L E.
2: Right. K Y L E. J O N W E S.
1: That's right. That's that's (laughs) how I hide from. That's how I hide from the paparazzi. Right.
2: All right. So let's uh, end this with our Premier League previews before we get to what in the world of football. Take it away, Jen. Um. Okay. Can you see the sheet? Did I just drop you in there?
3: Yeah. You can. All right. All right. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I have found it. Okay. So first up, United versus Spurs. Um, does somebody want to pretend to be Scott and give us the Spurs side of things? Because I could, I mean, all I would say is it depends on what Spurs team shows up. They have moments of greatness and then moments of what are you doing? Um so they've got a decent run of form over the past two games, but Lord knows we don't know what's gonna happen. Christian, how do you think United's gonna fare?
2: So City beat us so easily because they can pass the ball. Liverpool will beat us easily because they're a really good attacking team. Spurs are neither, just like United aren't. So probably two one to United, I would imagine.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: And, and lads, it's Spurs. <laughs> what did I say? No, that's, that's oh. it's a saying.
0: Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, like okay, and the flag like, is like, okay. Like, like Clemson. I mean, but.
3: Oh, true,
0: fair, okay. Kyle, how
3: do you think this one's going to play out?
1: Look, I, I'm sick of having to pick United. They don't, they don't ever come through for me. But I, I'm not picking the Spurs team. They're, they're Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. They, you know, they win one week, they lose the next week, and they just bounce up and down and up and down. So, I'm going, I'm going to meet in the middle and say it's a draw but okay. um yeah
3: do Eric uh, christian if they do draw would you see that as a disappointing result yes okay he said yes for those of you who could not hear him so um eric are, you did nobody heard you you did no i read your lips
1: no, yeah yeah oh
0: <laughs> okay eric <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of with Kyle. You can't trust either one of these clubs right now. I mean, either one of them come out. I mean, if they're fully focused and you know, fit and everything goes right and come out, and smash the other team 3 1. Uh, you just can't tell who's you know, at this point, who's going to win. I could wake up one day and United would win, next day, is Spurs win. I could see like a 2 2 draw. I don't know who to pick. Is is for oh god. Oh.
3: <laughs> sorry. All of a sudden, my computer did something odd. Okay. Um. Is Varon back?
2: Varon. Yeah. He hasn't played he for United here? in like twenty years. Oh, Varon. Okay. Yeah, oh, sure. Okay, he's sorry. back. here. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to be playing? Let's hope so.
3: Okay. Yeah. So I, if he's there, I feel a lot more comfortable with your defense being able to do what it should do um so if he's back then i will go with united if he's not back um i would assume it's probably spurs so if you really feel like he's going to be there then then i'll i'll pick united
1: i will say so. i don't think veron is enough to overcome the harry Maguire disease that's running rampant at united
2: <laughs> i would agree so
3: fair enough Um, Okay, so our next matchup is Arsenal-Leicester. Eric, how do you see this one playing out?
0: You know what, to get over the hump, this is the kind of, you know, if you really want to buy in the press clippings and people talking about, oh, you know, Arsenal's on the come up and, you know, on the rise. And this looks like a kind of game that they would have to have to further prove that they're on the right track for like a proof of concept, as they say. But I don't know, I, I can't see them I can't see them going this far. This seems like the kind of game that they would drop, uh, because they're Arsenal. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go like Leicester three, two.
3: Oh wow. Okay. So Christian, what are your
0: thoughts? I, I love that
2: score line. I'm also gonna go three two as well. More in hope than expectation, but definitely <laughs>
3: three two. What, okay. whatever, yeah. All right. Kyle,
1: what you thinking? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go Leicester. Uh, I think both teams are playing well. I will say that. I think both teams are uh, on the up and up. I think Leicester is starting to turn around just a little bit. Um, and I think Jamie Vardy is going to score a goal for every move that he had for Arsenal that was uh, called off. So at least one
3: there we go. Um, I'm going to go with Arsenal. Uh, I think um, Leicester have won, I guess, their last three, I think. Um, But I don't necessarily know if they're against a side that has um, as much pace as Arsenal does. So I think Arsenal winds up nicking something at the end to win. So, uh, all right. The next matchup Chelsea versus Newcastle. Kyle, do you want to start out with this one?
1: Sure. Chelsea.
3: And we've dropped the mic. Okay. Um, Eric. <laughs> Would you like to add any analysis for that selection or just stop
1: uh, yeah, it? sure. Chelsea win.
3: Okay. Two words. Outstanding. Okay, Eric, what's your take?
0: Uh, Newcastle's been improving a lot recently. They've uh, light years from when they were when they started the season. I think Chelsea just has too much class on the roster at this point. You know, give Newcastle a couple more um, you know uh, transfer periods and it might change. But for right now, I think uh, Chelsea has too much quality on the side. So I'm going to give Chelsea the two one win.
2: So Kristen? so Newcastle are unbeaten in nine games, and Chelsea. doing okay but I think you know Newcastle
1: will probably win this game wow that
3: would be freaky Christian has Um,
1: developed quite the soft spot for the Geordies
3: (laughs) um well so Chelsea has a midweek game they have their next Champions League game next week right And so, one of the things that I think could be, I mean, like it it could be an issue is if you look past this week's game and, um, you know, kind of shift your focus off the target before you get the job done. Um, So, I will, I'm not going to, I don't think Newcastle have the depth to win it, um, but I could see potentially maybe a draw where some of the noise maybe creeps in as far as Chelsea and then Newcastle again just finds a bit of luck and maybe not win their tenth game, but I could see them potentially not losing a tenth game.
1: This will be the so this will be control. the this'll be the weekend of the Chris Wood masterclass. I'm gonna hate myself. Hey he's good today. He's good today. Of course he did. He's, he's tuning did. up for Chelsea. Right. Done, done.
3: <laughs> Um, okay. So our next matchup is West Ham Villa. So Eric, how do you see this one playing well, out?
0: Coming our, far, uh, our physical team gets West Ham. I mean, like I said, they played us tough all the way to the end to the 90th minute. Um, Aston Villa is a good side. They've cooled off a bit recently. Um, I honestly could see it going, oh gosh, either way. I'm going to, I don't like this one at all. I'm going to go, West Ham, something like a 2-1. But it wouldn't surprise me if it went the other way. But I'll go with the West Ham.
3: So, Christian, what you thinking?
2: So, Villa have won their last three games. So, I would say that they, rather than cooling off, are actually coming into a run of form. Whereas West Ham have lost their last game, won and tied and tied. And I think Villa have Coutinho, who is playing lights out right now, so I'm going to go with Villa snatching a 2-1 win at the uh, at the London C- Club.
3: Ooh, okay. Kyle?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Christian. Um, Coutinho and Ollie Watkins have been a really nice one-two punch for um, Villa as of late. I think Ollie Watkins had <laughs> one of the nicest goals the past weekend. Uh, he took, he took control of the ball, spun in the box and just fired it home. I think, uh, and I, like Christian said, I think West Ham's kinda, they're listing a little bit, you know, they, they don't know which way they want to go. Um, Moyes still has them playing very well, but you know, they're not getting the close results that they were getting last year. You know, they're, the breaks aren't falling their way like they were last year. So I think that'll continue this weekend. I think Aston Villa will, um, continue to improve and, uh, Coutinho's renaissance in the Premier League will continue, and I think uh, Villa will win.
3: Yes, I'm going to agree with all of that, so I'm going to go Villa as well. Our last matchup is a team between, uh, like a team we've touched on as potentially falling off a cliff, and um, so Everton versus Wolves, so um, does anybody want to take a stab at this one
1: first? Sure, I'll go first. So I think that there's a very good chance Everton's going to be in this relegation battle up until the end of the season. They uh, unless they unless they turn like do a complete turnaround. They they do not look good. Um they lost 5 nothing to Spurs, Spur that was their Mr. Hyde game. That was uh Spurs's Mr. Hyde game. You know, they were on it, they were they were sharp in everything Everton was not. And Wolves beat Watford today, three-nothing, I believe. So I uh, I think Wolves are gonna beat Everton this weekend. Um it's I I don't see a path where Everton's not fighting this relegation fight till the end. It's you know, Newcastle, like Christian said, Newcastle's on the up and up. You know, we expect Watford and Norwich to go down, you know, but Burnley is still somehow just chugging along, you know, scraping by and Everton are just losing left, right, and center. So I'm going to go Wolves.
3: I think Wolves are this, the safe bet. Um, and in, a lot of it comes down to their defense. Um, they have had one of the, the stoutest between their their back line and their goalie. Um, they have, do they have the lowest goals allowed? Um, almost. So not quite. Um, they're just, yeah, they're, they've just been really exciting to, to watch as well. I don't, maybe not exciting is the best (laughs) word, but, um, they've been efficient defensively. So, um, now they don't necessarily have the offensive weapons that they've had in the past, but I don't, see that being a big threat based on the discombobulation that Everton is showing right now. So I think Wolves win um, and Everton inches closer to the edge of oblivion. So Christian, what are you thinking?
2: So if Burnley and Everton win this weekend, then Leeds will obviously lose, right? But we'll drop into the bottom three. Unfortunately for Everton, they're playing a really, really good uh, Wolves team. Even though they've lost uh, three of their last five games, I think Wolves are a well-drilled team. They attack well, they defend well, and uh, they'll take care of this Everton team, no problem. Okay, three, three,
3: Leeds no. play Norwich this week. You think Norwich has taken that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. Four or five, now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So on that note, um, Eric, we're going to save you for last as far as how you think Everton's going to do.
0: Yeah, those those wankers are dreadful. Yeah, Wolves
3: 3-1. Oh, you at least have them scoring a goal. That's nice.
1: Now, I, I have a, qu- a quick question before we do what in the world of football. I just looked at the table. What are you more shocked by? Wolves currently sitting in eighth, so top half of the table, touching European football, or – Everton sitting right on the edge of the relegation zone, given Everton. given how you expected the season to start, when it started versus where it's at now.
0: Everton, as 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 much as as much as I joke, and I got jokes all the time, and I hate them. Probably Everton, because at least you'd figure they'd at least be mid table, you know? I mean, maybe 14, 15 in there that range, but not this bad. The Wolves have been pretty consistently good for the last couple seasons. I mean, good relatively to kind of their position in the league they're standing. So I, I'd go with Everton.
2: I, I would agree. And in all fairness, I always expect the teams that come up to go back down again. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if Brentford actually went down with Watford and Norwich. Oh, Yeah.
3: But they've got Ericsson. Like like Do,
2: oh, did Brentford you guys
3: scene? see the scene where the little guy from Norwich like they like knocked him over and he was like, kind of went to go like, what the hell? And then he realized it was him and he hugs him at the end. Was it Brandon Williams? Yeah, it was. it was, yeah. Oh, that was just, oh my God, that was precious. Anyway, okay. Sorry.
2: All right, Eric, take us away. <laughs>
0: All right, well, if you listen to last week's pod, uh, Kyle and I had our trials and tribulations at our tale of the uh, the League Cup and uh, the long uh, penalty kick shootout at the end. Uh, in my brief, at least out of everybody on the pod, time of watching football, that was one of the longest I've seen. The goalies actually took a shot, but that was actually not the record this wednesday which is yesterday actually in sunderland um christian i think you have a friend from sunderland two uh two clubs washington the Bedling Ter- bedlington Ter- uh terriers they w- took part in the Ernest uh, armstrong memorial cup it was a three to three draw so after that of course they went to extra time and then uh, penalty kicks that actually went 27 rounds and they took 54 penalties total and the longest previous record was 48 attempts from the 2005 Namibian Cup, which is 117-16 by KK Palace over Civics, So they actually set a record taking 54 penalties school. I can't imagine how long that, that went, but there you have it. I mean, that's a record-setting uh, week in football, so.
2: Well, thank you, Tyrick And yes, I do have friends in the northeast of England. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, everybody, and
3: thanks for a great podcast. See you next week.